Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'm going to go over some tips and tricks with CalHypo. I'll cover some things that you may not know, and I'll go over using CalHypo tablets and using CalHypo as your primary sanitizer in a pool. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. So CalHypo is one form of chlorine that we use in the industry. Calcium hypochlorite is the scientific name or description of it. And you'll notice that it starts with the word calcium. And if you listen to any of my talks about chlorine types, you'll know that there's a byproduct in every chlorine type. For example, liquid chlorine adds salt to the pool. Trichlor tablets will add cyanuric acid. Dichlor will add cyanuric acid. And calhypo will add calcium to the water. Keep this in mind because over time, if you're using calhypo as your primary sanitizer, you will be adding calcium to the pool. How much calcium is added? There's varying different literature about this. I would say anywhere from 0.6 parts per million to 0.8 parts per million. This gets a little tricky because a lot of the literature states that for every one part per million of free chlorine that you add using CalHypo, you're raising it by 0.6 or 0.8 parts per million. And it's not per pound that's doing it, but it's per part per million. Again, there's different literature that states different things. There's no way to really know probably exactly how much calcium is being added because when you add it to a pool, of course, every pool is a different size. So if you're adding CalHypo to a 10,000-gallon pool versus a 20,000-gallon pool, I would suspect that you're adding more calcium, of course, to a smaller body of water to a larger body of water. Needless to say, you're adding calcium to the pool, and so your calcium hardness or your total hardness is going to be increasing when you're using CalHypo. Of course, there's an easy way to fix this, and this is partially draining a pool. And this goes with any chlorine type that you use, whether liquid chlorine, which is adding salt, to the trichlor tablets, which is adding cyanuric acid. If you just drain one inch or two inches of your pool every month, you're probably going to reduce the calcium hardness just enough to offset the amount of of calhypo you're using in the pool. In some cases, with a larger pool, maybe less water. With a smaller pool, you may have to drain more water every month. And draining water is perfectly safe and normal for pool care. And I recommend partial drains of pools periodically just to make sure you're adding some fresh water and the TDS or total dissolved solids don't get too high in the pool. So calcium is one element that's being added to the pool, calhypo. But it's also a very strong chlorine type. It's hard to correlate a granular powdered chlorine to a liquid chlorine but if you were going to maybe compare the current calhypo on the market which is like 65 or 68 percent you're going to i'm going to say that about one pound of calhypo 
is about equal to one gallon of 12.5% liquid chlorine, give or take. It's pretty a close equivalent to what that would be if you were going to use liquid chlorine to sanitize the pool versus CalHypo. I get this correlation because I use CalHypo a lot, and so I know that a one-pound bag moves the needle almost as much as when I put one gallon of 12.5% liquid chlorine in the pool. It's not super scientific. It's just from using it over the years and knowing how much CalHypo kind of equals a gallon of liquid chlorine. So if I was in a shock of pool and I was going to put three gallons of liquid chlorine, I would definitely just put in three pounds of CalHypo. And it's pretty close at that point. If you wanted to calculate it, you can use the poolcalculator.com. And I ran the calculations here just to see how close it was. And it's pretty close. If you had a 15,000 gallon pool and you wanted to bring it to 20 parts per million and it was at zero, you would add about two gallons and two and a half gallons of liquid chlorine. And that's 12.5% with 128 fluid ounces per container. And if you were going to do it with 65% CalHypo, which is pretty much what they have on the market today, it's pretty stable at that percentage you would have to add uh, 58 ounces, which is about three, a little over three pounds of CalHypo. So it's within the range that I kind of said where three pounds of CalHypo is equal to uh, three gallons of 12.5% liquid chlorine, although the liquid chlorine is probably just a little bit stronger according to the calculations here. So I would say CalHypo is a little bit weaker, and you're going to find that it's going to work just as effectively as liquid chlorine in just about every situation that you use it in. But just kind of realize that going from a liquid chlorine, which is the most powerful, to a powdered chlorine is not an exact science. So you're going to get within that range with a margin of error, plus or minus. For me, the big advantage of CalHypo is that it's unstabilized chlorine, just like liquid chlorine. There's no cyanuric acid. Stabilized chlorine would be trichlor tablets, trichlor shock, or dichlor. So if you have a pool that you're trying to control the cyanuric acid in, you're trying to reduce it, or you're trying to move away from really high cyanuric acid in the pool, you would want to switch to a non-stabilized chlorine type like liquid chlorine or CalHypo. So these have that advantage of not adding cyanuric acid to the water. So let's say you're at 140 parts per million of cyanuric acid in the pool, and you want to just move away from that. Probably what you could do is a partial drain to get it to about 100 parts per million. Just depends on how big your pool is. I mean, if you just do basic mathematics, if you have a 10,000-gallon pool and you're at 140 parts per million of cyanuric acid, draining half that pool should drop you to 70 parts per million. It's really not rocket science, but you do want to do a partial drain when you are going to reduce your cyanuric acid level. So I would drain maybe a third of that pool down. That way you get to about 100 parts per million. And then you can switch over to using a non-stabilized chlorine. The problem with this is if you're doing pool service, you're there once per week, and you can't be adding CalHypo, one you know, one pound or two pounds of CalHypo when you get there, and expect it to last all week long, because again, it's not stabilized, and so it's going to be used up, or it's going to be destroyed by the sun's UV rays, and there's nothing that's going to replenish the pool at that point, because you'll have to probably go midweek to add another pound of CalHypo. In that case, you can leave CalHypo for your customer, but chances are they're not going to add it and you're going to run into that problem. So that's one reason why we like to use stabilized chlorine on the pool routes, like trichlor tablets, because they'll slowly dissolve and add chlorine to the pool each day. And it's one of the things that makes trichlor tablets highly effective. So if you were going to go with CalHypo, 
I would suggest going with the CalHypo tablets. Pool Life and CCH are the two that I would recommend. They're the same company that makes them. And these are very well-made CalHypo tablets. And you're going to find that these are really good for keeping the chlorine level week to week without you having to shock the pool or add anything really. So once you start using CalHypo tablets, you won't need to add any chlorine to the pool because they work really well. They're just almost as effective as trichlor. Now I've done some studies with this by using it in the field. And I would say that one trichlor tablet is about equal to one and a half or two CalHypo tablets as far as strength goes. Now this is not something that I've done where I started a pool with the right cyanuric acid level. This is what experiment I've done with the pool with a high cyanuric acid level and I'm switching over. So as you know, with the higher cyanuric acid level, the chlorine is less effective. So I would imagine if you're going to go straight to CalHypo and you have your cyanuric acid at 50 parts per million, you're going to have better results. But in a real world scenario, most people are going to start using the CalHypo tablets in a pool that has very high cyanuric acid because you're trying to move away from the trichlor and so you're using the CalHypo tablets. And this logically means that the cyanuric acid in those pools is elevated. So if you had a pool that had cyanuric acid of like 150 parts per million, which I've done with the CalHypo tablets, then they're going to be less effective than the trichlor, of course, because you need a higher free chlorine level to be effective. And that's where I get the two CalHypo tablets to one trichlor. It's based on a pool that has very high cyanuric acid and you're moving away from the trichlor tablet. So you're going to have to keep the CalHypo tablets more CalHypo tablets in the skimmer basket at that point. Now, one caution, of course, with CalHypo tablets, you don't want to mix them with trichlor so they don't go into the feeders. I'm not sure why the companies made the tablets almost the same size as the trichlor tablets because they're just asking for disaster. I would have made them a little wider and flatter. That way, there's no way to get them into a rainbow chlorinator, which is probably the most popular, nor is there any way to get them into a pool floater because you can't get it into the lid. But that's just me, and I'm not the engineer who made them. But I would definitely have made them a different shape so that they wouldn't fit in the most popular trichlor dispensers, which are floaters and the um, rainbow chlorinators. Now, of course, the Hayward chlorinators are gigantic. There's nothing you can do to avoid that. They do have tablet dispensers for CalHypo. CCH has one. Or you can just put them in the skimmer, which is what I do. You need a lot of flow for them to activate because of the slow dissolving ability of these tablets. They're a little bit different than the trichlor tablets, so they'll need more flow to dissolve properly, and that's why they have their own feeder. If you see the CalHypo feeder, it's gigantic. It'll you know take up most of your equipment area because it needs a lot of water flowing in there, and that's why it's made that size. So you, again, caution, you can't use CalHypo tablets in a rainbow chlorinator, nor a floater, nor anywhere where you've had trichlor tablets. Because more than likely you're going to have a mini explosion or a mega explosion. It's a chemical reaction between the trichlor and the calhypo. Trust me, it's going to happen. And you can do little experiments if you wanted to, but I wouldn't recommend it. It's definitely going to cause some kind of explosion. So in the in the skimmer is perfectly fine. One question I get is when they refer to shocking a pool, are they referring to calhypo? In a lot of cases, they are referring to calhypo, and you may also get confused with some other shocks that look like CalHypo but aren't really CalHypo. For example, the BioGuard Smart Shock, if you read the ingredients, it's actually sodium dichloro. So it's actually a dichlor powder and the other ingredients, copper uh, citrate. And this is not CalHypo. So just be aware that when you see a bag, 
it's not always going to be Cal Hypo, and this is one good example of it not being Cal Hypo, and that's the BioGuard Smart Shock. The best way to, of course, know if it's Cal Hypo is if you read the bag, and I'll pull another one up here so I can read the ingredients. Basically, you want to make sure that the active ingredients on that bag say calcium hypochlorite, and that's calcium hypochlorite, and it'll have a percentage. Most of the ones on the market today are 60, 68%. There may be some with more or less percentage of hypo, but I think most are 68 now. And then you're going to have the available chlorine, and it's going to say 65%. Again, this is one of those things where you have to dissect things a little bit. You know, you have 68% calhypo, active chlorine 65%. How does that equate? If you use the poolcalculator.com app, it'll kind of give you an idea of the percentage of calhypo, and the app will tell you how much calhypo you, you have to put in to raise the chlorine to a certain parts per million. That's probably the easiest way to cor correlate that, and this is one of the things that is important when you're adding calhypo, you want to know exactly how much to add in order to, of course, effectively raise the chlorine in the pool. Another thing you might run into is that you're looking for a calhypo and you purchase a bag that looks like calhypo. It says oxidizing shock on the bag, or it may say something like non-chlorine shock, which should be a giveaway to you right there. But a lot of times they'll say oxidizer or oxidizing shock. This is actually not even chlorine. It's potassium monosulfate. Usually it's 43% or right around there. And this is what we call a non-chlorine shock. This is just strictly an oxidizer. So for example, if the chlorine level in the pool was at zero and you wanted to raise it up to five parts per million, if you put in three or four bags of the oxidizing shock, which is the potassium monosulfate, it'll raise the chlorine level by zero basically because it's not chlorine. And you want to add chlorine to raise chlorine. And so you'll have to look at the labels carefully. So the reason why this can be confusing is because a lot of the calhypo is sold in these one pound bags. But other chemicals like the dichlor shock that I mentioned earlier and the nine chlorine shock are also sold in these one pound bags. So look at the label carefully and look for cal um, calcium hypochlorite. And that's how you know it's calhypo. Usually in a bucket, same thing happens. You'll buy a bucket of oxidizing shock, and you'll find out that it's not calhypo. It's just regular potassium monosulfate. Or you'll buy a bag, a box of a container of shock, I should say, and it may be even dichlor. So this is really important that you look at the labels carefully because you want to purchase calhypo, and you want to use calhypo appropriately, and it has to be calhypo, of course. And this is something that happens a lot in the industry where you buy something and you don't really look at it carefully and you're buying the wrong product. So calhypo will be noted pretty clearly on there. The bag might even say calhypo or calcium hypochlorite, and then you'll know it's calhypo right away by the labeling of the bag on the, on the front. Let me talk a little bit about the price point of calhypo versus liquid chlorine. And back in the day, Calhypo actually was probably cheaper than purchasing liquid chlorine. You can get away with using Calhypo. I think it was about $2 or $2.50 a pound about four years ago. And now it's much more expensive per pound, somewhere around $5 or $6 in some cases, depending on where you purchase that. So it's not cheaper than liquid chlorine by any stretch of the imagination. The Calhypo tablets are not less expensive than trichlor. In fact, pound for pound, they're almost equal, but I would say calhypo tablets are just a little bit more expensive still than trichlor. It used to be that trichlor tablets were about half or almost three times less in cost than calhypo tablets. 
One reason why CalHypo tablets never caught on is because when they first came on the market and were being advertised, I would say back in 2019, I started seeing the ads for CalHypo tablets. They were three times the price of Trichlor tablets. So no one would want to switch from Trichlor to CalHypo in that case because you're just spending too much money on chemicals with Trichlor tablets being about equal in price to CalHypo tablets. Now would be a good time to investigate CalHypo tablets because you're not really losing any money by switching. And of course, you're going to reap the benefits of the CalHypo tablets, meaning they're not going to be adding cyanuric acid to the pool. And if you're trying to lower the cyanuric acid, this is the best way to have a stabilized, unstabilized chlorine kind of stabilizing the water. I'm using this term kind of loosely, but it's re- releasing CalHypo into the pool every day as the pool is running. So the chlorine level is going to be stable all week long with the CalHypo tablets, I should say, but it's not adding cyanuric acid to the pool. So that's the distinction of the CalHypo tablets over trichlor. And I think it's something to, to investigate now that the price is about equal to trichlor tablets. But I don't think switching the CalHypo from liquid chlorine is going to save you much money at all, if any. It might cost you more to go to CalHypo. So it's one of those things where back four or five years ago, yes, CalHypo was a good alternative to liquid chlorine because pound pound per pound versus a liquid chlorine, it was less expensive. But like everything else in the industry, everything has become very expensive. And the playing field is pretty level now between CalHypo and liquid chlorine. And I'm going to stop here, and this will be part one of a two-part series on CalHypo. And I'll continue tomorrow talking more about CalHypo, the usage, some tips and tricks with CalHypo. And definitely, if you're looking for other podcasts, I record it, especially part two of this coming out. If you're listening to recorded podcasts here, not the same day, you can find those on my website, swimmingprolearning.com. On the banner, click on the icon there, the podcast icon, and then there'll be a drop-down menu of 1,200 podcasts I recorded. And if you're interested in the coaching program, you can learn more at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Yeah! Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.